Welcome to another episode of the Drama New South Wales podcast. Today's episode, we continue to look at studies in drama and theatre, and we look at a far less common option that many people look over when it comes to teaching. That is Japanese theatre, contemporary and traditional. I speak to Brenton Fletcher from Newtown High School of the Performing Arts. He has a love and a passion of this topic area. And I'm sure you'll find, whether you teach this or not, this episode absolutely fascinating in hearing about Japanese theatre. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Today's guest is Brenton Fletcher and he'll be talking to us about Japanese traditional and contemporary theatre. Brenton Fletcher is an experienced teacher of drama, film and event entertainment industry at Newtown High School of the Performing Arts, where he enjoys working with students who show a passion for art forms in drama, dance and music. He's passionate about empowering creativity in the next generation of dramatists and engaging his students through critical and collaborative involvement in classroom drama. An outstanding accomplishment is his completion of his Masters of Applied Positive Psychology from the University of Melbourne, where he presented a thesis on restoried scripted performance, a theatre of hope, exploring the way personal narrative drama can motivate adolescents to overcome adversity within their lives. Brenton has been teaching the topic Japanese theatre, traditional and contemporary, for about four years now and continues to increase his understanding of this complex art form. Welcome, Brenton. Thank you, Sonia. So uh, this is one of the topics from uh, studies in drama and theatre that not very many people pick up in New South Wales. I think it's got one of the smallest um, amounts of candidates, which is a shame because it seems to me that it's quite an incredible unit of work. Uh, How would you describe this unit of work? Well, um, I think perhaps maybe the reason that people aren't choosing it is that it is extremely challenging. So it's not easy because um, you have to take time to kind of build up a a lot of resources and do a lot of research into the art form, especially if you haven't kind of engaged with it before. Um, But once you start getting into it, you start becoming quite enlightened by the amazing depth and experiences that that is on offer through this particular unit of work Um, and I think you have kind of a strong sense of curiosity um, I think you can kind of really engage with some of the kind of deeper aspects of what it has to offer. Mm. Um, It is a little bit endless there's a lot of technical language that you have to get your head around um, particularly because if you don't know Japanese for instance and a lot of the the kind of the ways that um, you know the different Um, aspects are said I think you have to kind of get your head around all of that kind of stuff and you also have to know a lot about the history and the social kind of aspects of the context Mm. um, related to the Japanese kind of history but once you kind of get your head around all of those things it starts becoming really kind of fascinating and interesting and students tend to kind of latch onto it really quickly um, considering the fact that um, you know a lot of popular culture uses a lot of Japanese um, kind of um, aspects like anime and um, you know also you know artistic works of kind of minimalism such as you know haiku and all of that are coming quite popular amongst people Um, it you know engages students on that kind of level yeah I might just read the rubric out so that everybody has a clear understanding of what we're talking about Um, The rubric says this topic explores theoretically and experientially the unique expression of the Japanese theatrical aesthetic in both traditional and contemporary forms 
in response to the historical, cultural and social context of the times. By engaging with the contemporary work of Tadashi Suzuki and one traditional form, no kabuki or bangraku, I think I said that correct, correct. students investigate the form's purpose and characteristics. Students explore how the performance styles, techniques and conventions, including staging, presentation of character, acting styles and training, music and movement convey ideas and make meaning for an audience. You are completely correct. That is such a deep and wide rubric to be working off. Exactly. What are the really important things from this rubric that you think we should point out as being essential to understanding this topic? So firstly, I would start with looking at what is the historical, cultural and social context if we were to break this rubric down into parts. So that's where I would kind of start um, in my understanding. Um, and then I would then lead on to looking at um, what is the unique Japanese theatrical aesthetic that comes out of that particular historical, cultural and social context? Because um, both, well, all of the art forms there are a response to what is happening in Japan um, at a particular time in its history. Mm. And then that from there, then look at the different kind of uh, characteristics of the art forms that you have chosen to do. So um, as it stated, you can choose between Kabuki, No or Benraku as your one of the traditional forms to choose. The contemporary is going to stay Suzuki, no matter what text you choose there. Um, but your choice of that particular traditional form will really inform where you go from there in terms of what kind of ideas or meaning making can happen as a result of um, dealing with that particular art form. And then the other thing to remember about this rubric is that um, even though it kind of feels like it's going from traditional to contemporary and that um, obviously Suzuki is influenced by all of these traditional art forms, it actually works vice versa as well in that um, by Suzuki kind of um, presenting work that uses the traditional art form as a kind of a basis for his practice um, kind of connects people back to those traditional art forms. And then they're kind of re-emerging as mm. um, kind of, you know, reflections of, um, within his work. Yeah. Wow. I'd never thought about that, but that's so true. It's kind of like a, a cyclical thing that as, yeah, exactly. as he uses that, it brings back those traditional forms. Yeah. And so how do you approach teaching this unit of work, especially given that it's a combination of both the traditional and the contemporary and plays and practitioners? <laughs> yes, it is definitely multi multifaceted um, and a little bit overwhelming. Mm. Art, break it down is all I say. So <laughs> basically um, there's two ways you can kind of study this. So um, the way that I do it, is I like to kind of do it in more kind of a linear fashion. So I like to do it where I start with the traditional plays um, and I kind of look at, um, I study Kabuki as my form. Um, and so I look at Kabuki and um, all of the elements through that and kind of deal with it in its experiential kind of ways. And then I then go on to the contemporary and I look at it through the practitioner of Suzuki. And then I'm always connecting and creating links back to all the traditional stuff that we had done in class. Mm. Um, the reason I do it like that is because Kabuki is so, um, it's a total theatre. There's so much that you can study um, and there's only so much that you can study in the time that you get. But mm. um, I want to kind of get through as much kind of uh, content as possible there and then I can create those links back when I get to Suzuki because Suzuki 
while there is a lot to study with Suzuki, um, a, a lot of his work is influenced by the traditional. So you really do need to make those connections back. Mm. The other way you can study it though, and it's kind of been an idea I've had for the last, uh, I guess, year or so, is studying them concurrently with each other. And the way that you would do that is really look at all the different characteristics and break those down. So things like performance style, acting, um, production elements. And then I would look at a kabuki element of performance style, for instance. And then the next lesson, you would look at something to do with Suzuki related to that and make the connections then and there. Yeah. Um, that kind of way. So I guess it's kind of, um, you can do it either way, really. And it kind of works I think, um, in essence. Um, the other thing that I like to do with my students, though, with this particular topic is give them a lot of autonomy over their learning. Um, and this is a great way, a great, I guess, topic for doing that because um, there's so much to study. And so I always talk to my students about when it comes to the essay, always having something, I guess, unique to talk about that doesn't kind of put them in the same boat as everyone else in the class. And so they kind of... Um, go and do a lot of research on a particular aspect of either the traditional or the contemporary aspect. And they have always something different to say because of that. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And, and do you do experiential with both the traditional and the um, contemporary? Yeah, exactly. Um, the contemporary with Suzuki, his form is based in practice. Mm. So you have to do, um, I guess, experiential as part of learning, um, about his work uh, with the traditional it's a lot harder to do experiential um, stuff um, yeah. because we don't have the resources here um, to be able to do most of the things that you can do i mean we have a set of kimonos that we use um, and we learn about um, you know operating within the kimono and how that kind of affects the body and the movement and we can do a lot of the acting stuff really easily um, but when it comes to looking at the real kind of rich production elements and stuff like that, we really do need to watch a lot of films yeah. um, on the form. And luckily um, the texts that they study with Kabuki Sokuruku, that is um, uh, online. You can actually watch it on YouTube. Um, you can watch segments of it on YouTube. And um, yeah, so that we kind of watch that quite regularly um, just to kind of get a sense of the kind of, yeah, the way it's done. It's really difficult yeah. to do the kabuki. It's far easier to kind of engage with the Suzuki um, on a kind of in-class level. Yeah. Well, I guess, though, that with experiential, you can be writing from the perspective of an audience member. Exactly. Which means that the YouTube watching of the kabuki could work fine as well. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to go back to an aspect of the rubric that I find fascinating. Um, it says the rubric specifically like includes historical, cultural and social context. That seems to say you need to do a lot, a lot of um, research Study. and understanding yeah. of what's going yeah. on before you even begin to teach these styles, yeah. which is understandable because they don't stand alone apart from that. But how, about, how do you go about doing that? And what is it exactly that teachers and students need to know in regards to that? Well, um, yeah, you have to do a lot of study and you need to get to know Japan on many levels. I think if you already have, uh, I guess, a bit of an interest in the culture and the, you know, the uh, really unique culture of Japan, um, I think you've got a bit of a head start on understanding what it's about. Um, but yeah, you have to go and do a bit of research. Um, 
the way I kind of started doing this, so I've never been to Japan, um, which is interesting because to study unit of work, it's on a country in particular, it was always best to go and visit the place (laughs) uh, to really get a sense of the culture and everything. Um, But I've never had to do that. Um, And I've kind of been lucky because um, in Sydney, we have such kind of great cultural institutions that you can kind of go to and really learn a lot about um, culture through. So there's the um, Japanese Foundation Library, which is located in Broadway, which has like a fantastic set of resources there for um, learning about just Japanese culture. And you can talk to people there about the culture as well. Um, and they have, you know, video clips on, you know, theatre, art, everything. And so you just kind of have to, I guess, immerse yourself within it to really kind of know it very well. Um, but in terms of the, you know, the various aspects, in terms of the traditional, what you need to know is that um, each of those different traditional forms actually sit within a particular context in itself, a history. Um, there, you have no, which is the oldest, and then you have kabuki, which is kind of more the current, um, I guess, art form out of those three. Mm. And they all kind of come out of a particular point in time in that history. And so they're different um, because of the varied histories and the various social um, context that they kind of sit in. So, for instance, I studied kabuki, um, which kind of sits in a, a point in time in history where there was quite strict um, rules in place um, set by the emperor and the samurai was enforcing that rule. And um, it created a kind of a community within Japan that were um, kind of pushing the boundaries or reject, rejecting that kind of um, uh, control and authority and mm. that's where kabuki comes out of it was actually a dance um, in the streets that's where it kind of started and it was done wow. by women as well and um, what happened is is that um, over time kabuki's kind of changed quite significantly because it became quite scandalous in a lot of ways and it became quite popular to the point of celebrity that um, it kind of you know it's it's it is what it is today um, so you know you kind of got to sit yourself within the context, really immerse yourself with it. Mm -hmm. And then you have to remember that each of them are very different. So whichever one you choose, there's only so much history that you do have to know in the end of that. And then with the contemporary, when you look at that, you have to remember that it actually comes out of a a post-World War II kind of setting. Yeah. And it is Suzuki really kind of looking at Japan and worrying about the fact that it may um, kind of become westernised by the Americans who were um, occupying the country at the time. And um, he was also worried about theatrical um, traditions in Japan um, becoming lost to um, Shingeki, which is uh, the Japanese form of, I guess, realism. Um, And he was worried that that was going to change everything in Japan and it was going to lose its unique theatrical aesthetic. And so um, his practice really kind of is a embodiment of um, both um, valuing the traditional Japanese theatrical aesthetic and also kind of connecting in the Western aesthetic as well, particularly in kind of the plays that he chose to put on um, related to what he was doing. So he used to choose things like Greek um, tragedies and Shakespeare. Um, so he brought this Western aesthetic in as well to kind of bring two worlds together so that it was you know handed out to the world so that everyone could really enjoy it. Yeah, and, and so... Um important to consider that post-World War II context with that because it is exactly Japan forming an identity after the war and how do you bring together these new notions of uh, nationality and a national expression of the arts as well. 
yeah, that's fascinating. And I think really good to understand. I know I have gone and seen Kabuki in Japan and I sat there thinking to myself, I should have done so much more research before attending this because I can tell that there are many, many things going on in this piece of theatre that I don't quite have the context for, including, and I was quite amazed by this, you might be able to explain to me what it was, um, the audience is very loud and very vocal. <laughs> they yell out all the time. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain that to you. So <laughs> a kabuki is really not about um, the story. So it's not about like becoming involved with the emotional journey of a story or a characters. It's actually about the, the um, appreciating the art form of the actors and what they can do with their movement. So it's like, um, it's like uh, if we were to go to a rock concert and um, the, you know, the rock star comes out on stage and the audience is kind of just appreciating that the rock star is there and they're, you know, they're just really kind of, uh, it's a celebrity thing. Literally, yeah. they are just appreciating their work and what they do. They don't care what the story is about necessarily um, and all of that. It, um, it's more about that celebrity status and that's what they're celebrating. They're really enjoying the, um, the work of what the actors are putting into their, um, their art form. I love it. I, it must be amazing being an actor in Kabuki because yeah. you get very real, tangible reactions to your acting yeah, exactly. right there and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. When it comes to the written component, so essentially these units end up in an essay uh -huh. for students. How do you approach the writing for this unit of work when it's such a meaty uh, rubric and so many things are being covered? How do you advise your students with their essay writing? Well, um, a lot of it comes down to the question. So the question really informs what you will essentially have to talk about in a lot of cases, particularly with the Japanese. So while you have to know so much, there's only so much that eventually you'll need to talk about. Um, but I kind of, um, with this, it kind of reminds me, I used to be an English teacher before I was a drama teacher and we used to study kind of a comparative study of texts and it kind of reminds me a little bit of that kind of world. And yeah. so um, I kind of used a lot of skills that I had gained from that in my um, kind of, I guess, the overall structure of the essay. While it's still a drama essay and it um, needs to have all of those elements, um, you kind of, uh, I guess, start with um, a particular, I guess, what are the social contexts or historical kind of things informing um, that particular topic that you want to discuss, for instance, in the essay? And then you go from there to um, uh, how do you consider what kind of, um, you know, theatrical aesthetics are being explored that particular under that social context or whatever. And then uh, give me some experiential to really kind of um, show example of that, um, mm. particularly with, um, kabuki and suzuki um, practice but also performance so um, the thing to remember about kabuki and suzuki too is that um, a lot of the experiential is about learning how to rehearse and um, kind of learn the acting skill and that is um, because both forms are basically very strongly within the actor mm. um, kabuki theater is not a, a playwright's um, theatre it's very much um, actor troops that have like a head actor who kind of um, basically disseminates the story to the actors and it's all about the acting in the end yeah. um, but um, so kind of have those really strong experientials to talk about and then um, obviously make sure to interlace them so 
the interlaced approach is that you have a bit of um, the traditional that you talk about, you give me your experiential, and then you must then connect it to um, your Suzuki under the kind of the same topic that you're talking about, and then start talking about the new topic. It's really dependent on the question. Mm. Start talking about the new topic and then um, do the same thing. You've got to kind of connect that traditional to the um, contemporary at all times. Um, there's no kind of, I, I, well, for me, I don't tell my students that there are any isolated discussions about Kabuki and Suzuki. If there are differences, do talk about the differences. So there's a lot of comparing happening within these yeah. essays. It's always going back and forth to the two um, to really compare them. Under so it really is about that link between the contemporary and the traditional. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, just on that, what do you think the most common mistake is that students make when they're writing those essays and exams and what could they do to fix that? Hmm. Well, apart from not answering the question, which I think everyone <laughs> mentions, that's a really important thing to do. Um, sometimes they don't use the right experiential examples to kind of marry their topic. Hmm. So um, sometimes with Japanese um, they're talking about a particular topic um, and then their experiential is either not appropriate or it's just not validating the argument and it then becomes just like they're just tacking that experiential on to the end of um, their argument without actually kind of finding those lovely connections. And I think the last part of that rubric um, really helps with that, which is that you, it has to talk about how it conveys ideas or meaning mm. um, about something. You know what I mean? And I think that's mm. the biggest, I guess, the common mistake that students do with Japanese is that, they think they're talking about um, a lot of things and they are, their experiential is talking about, you know, a Japanese um, theatre example, but it's not necessarily connected to what they need to be discussing or what they wish to have discussed as part of their argument. Yeah. It remains in the theoretical rather than it grounded with the experiential that, yeah. that's making the argument. Yeah. And it's also up to the drama teacher to make sure that they vary those experientials um, and have a variety of them. Um, to go into the exam with um, because um, I think variety is kind of key with it, particularly with Kabuki is that it, because it's such a total theatre um, you've got so much to talk about and I think you should talk about at least a production element at some point mm. and you should at least talk about you know the movement and then the acting and the performance style I think there should be a bit of variety in the essay. Um, how does this unit of work support the overall development of students learning in drama, do you think? Well, um, first and foremost, um, it's heavily based in movement. They do a lot of movement, um, particularly with Suzuki work. Um, and so it's really about understanding the body um, and how to use the body effectively to create meaning. So um, in Suzuki's work, the contemporary, for instance, um, you know, there's the ways of walking, there is your basics that you do. Um, and all of these contribute to um, particular kind of characterizations that student, students can come up with in the performance work. Um, it can also contribute to just kind of symbolic meaning um, through movement. Mm. Um, but in Kabuki, which is what I study as well, and I know that in No, um, the art form of no, there's a lot of emphasis on movement as well because the actors are behind a mask uh, and so they actually use their bodies to communicate meaning. Similar with Ben Raku too, when you think about it, because it is puppetry form mm. and movement is a big part of um, conveying meaning there. Um, but in Kabuki, um, it's all about learning the movement to express a particular characterization um, and how that 
on stage then communicates to the audience um, what, what is actually happening. Mm. And there's also some like great things to Kabuki about um, movement related to um, like they do a lot of quick changes um, and all sorts of kind of magical things on stage, which are, you know, visually um, entertaining. And I think that kind of, uh, I guess, gives students an opportunity to really think about um, how they can be visually entertaining in their dramatic works, um, particularly when it comes to um, the group performance. Yeah, I was going to say, do you find that the students who study Japanese theatre, that their group performances tend to go in a different direction to students who study other topic areas? Yeah, so I think um, their performances are far more symbolic. Mm. Um, they really do focus on symbolism and how that um, how they can communicate to the audience through that, you know, all the symbolic elements that they can incorporate. And that could be production elements, such as costume and set and music, because that's a, there's a lot of that within the Japanese form. Um, or it could be, again, through the movement stuff that I talked about before. Um, and then the other thing that they tend to do a lot more of is a really strong focus on um, energy of the actor yeah. and breath and presence on stage. There's a lot of um, kind of work on that. And that, that is definitely through the Suzuki work. And it is why Suzuki is taught in a lot of the, you know, um, professional drama schools. And NIDA have a, you know, a whole coursework on Suzuki. And the main purpose of that is for the acting students to really learn about focus and energy and the use of the body and all of that. Mm. Wow. Um, I'm very curious. How did you get into teaching this unit of work? <laughs> um, uh, so I'm, I'm a child of the generation of Pokemon and um, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z and um, all of those kind of great animes that came out. Oh, it all started, I think, with um, Power Rangers <laughs> when yeah. I was a kid. Um, and I used to have one of those toys where the head would flip around. Um, so I guess I've always had that connection to Japanese culture. I never realised I had it because it obviously was westernised um, mm. in a way. But um, that kind of extravagance and um, excitement that comes from um, those kinds of um, you know, uh, cultural phenomenons um, really kind of have um, kind of sparked an interest for me. And mm -hmm. um, I've always wanted to go to Japan, um, but I haven't had the experience yet. And of course, COVID hasn't helped um, because <laughs> it was on the agenda. Um, but one day I will get there. Um, yes. <laughs> and I also used to watch a lot of films um, from Japan as well. And yeah. kind of really influenced by the Japanese form and um, all of that. And I just kind of carried that through um, mm. in my work. It's just, a, I guess, a personal interest. And I think in the increasingly globalised world that we live in, I know my students engage with a lot more Japanese culture and an understanding of, of the fact that it is Japanese culture yeah. in their daily lives. Um, and they naturally have a lot more interest and um, engagement with um, all that pop culture stuff that you talk about. So um, definitely an emerging area for many of our students. Exactly. Mm. All right. Are there any other areas that you want to explore or talk about for someone who might be considering teaching this unit of work or for someone who is studying it? We've talked a lot about like the fact that it is very multifaceted and that it is seemingly overwhelming. Um, but what it's kind of taught me, though, is to really enjoy that and to really kind of be okay with the unknown at times. And as I've been teaching it, 
um, for many years now, it actually kind of comes to you through experience. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the, you know, the nature of our subject as well, that the idea of experiential is that the experience will allow you to um, eventually become what is the unknown to the known to you and how you can then use that to create, um, you know, great dramatic work. So I think that um, for anyone that's interested in teaching it um, and you're afraid, don't be afraid. <laughs> um, it will eventually come to you. Um, and you've just got to kind of get involved and get into it a little bit. And I've done that um, purely through, um, you know, an experience as well with my students. Um, at first, when I first taught it the first year, um, I had um, no idea on some of the elements that I was teaching, particularly yeah. that um, I was afraid that I couldn't do the Suzuki work um, mm. as effectively as some of the workshops that I'd been a part of. And so for the first year, I brought in a professional trainer in okay. the art form and that really did kind of um, cement um, some of the knowledge and understanding and skills that I needed to be able to teach it in subsequent years after that it became kind of a, a learning journey for both me and my students. And then that kind of built kind of very strong relationships. Um, um, you know, we were both on the same journey yeah. from the unknown to the known. And I think that's kind of a cool thing about teaching this particular unit of work um, that involves some kind of, you know, uh, country or historical context. Um, yeah. that it's something outside of what we get normally. Also just to remember when teaching this unit that, um, both the traditional and the contemporary, um, they don't, uh, when they say traditional, it doesn't just mean it lives in the past. It is something that continually evolves mm. um, and is still there. It is a traditional form that kind of came out of a historical context and time in particular, yes, but it's still performed today and it is um, constantly changing and kind of reforming. And uh, because, for instance, they now have um, this kind of form called Super Kabuki, which is kind of <laughs> very, this is very anime style because um, instead of doing like your traditional kind of quick changes on stage and stuff, they actually climb walls and they fly through the air and they have all sorts of like amazing kind of very over the top stuff. So um, it's still evolving and it's still growing and it's meeting the needs of its, you know, society and culture mm. of Japan and what, what is happening there is this really kind of strong technological rev revolution, um, which we've been a part of as well. So I think um, just to remember that, that it's continually evolving and that it is not just traditional, it is contemporary in a way. And it's kind of vice versa, as I kind of explained before. Mm. Also just remember that resources are endless. There is so much out there. Um, and as I mentioned before, that um, particular resource, which is the, um, Japanese Foundation Library, um, which is located in Broadway in the building there with all the plants on it. I can't remember what that's called. Um, <laughs> I know the one you're talking yes. about. <laughs> um, and Everybody it, will know if they live in Sydney what that building yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of at the top level um, there. And they just have so much resource for you to use. There's videos on DVD of, you know, the Suzuki performances and, and also the Kabuki um, performances as well. There's so many books on the art forms. There are people there that you can talk to that um, explain some of the kind of key fundamentals of the, you know, the social, cultural and historical context mm. for you. Yeah, it's just amazing. So I think um, there is so much out there and then there's so much online, of course. Um, and it's just growing more and more.
Yeah. So even though it may appear overwhelming, there is a plethora of resources out there that you can kind of plug into and immerse yourself in if you yeah. are going to teach this unit. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you very much for all that you've kind of spoken about on this podcast. I knew very little about Japanese theatre myself, except for my experiences in Japan, which I absolutely loved, <laughs> especially for that active audience moment. Um, it sounds to me as though uh, you hit a point in your teaching career where perhaps you've just taken on the units of work that the more senior teacher you're working with or who you learned from taught. And then you seem to hit a point where you want to take on your own meaty work of learning something new and teaching that to your students. This sounds like the perfect unit of work if you're a teacher who's maybe five years into your practice and wants something of a challenge themselves. This sounds like the kind of unit that would be great to immerse yourself in and explore with your student. Wraps it up in a great, <laughs> great way. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brenton, for your knowledge and expertise on this, and in particular for pointing out the Japanese Cultural Library. Uh, I think that is a particularly good resource for those who are exploring this unit to know about and go and have a look at. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. That's okay, thank you. I hope you were as inspired as I was listening to Brenton speak about Japanese theatre. It is often a neglected area for us as teachers and perhaps something we should consider looking into more often. I will include the link to the Japanese Foundation Library in the show notes and this is something I will continue to do for new and upcoming episodes as well. We have many more episodes to come and look forward to having you listen and join us on this journey of learning more and more about drama and drama education. Thank you very much.